Sure. So in September, it was $44,096. So hopefully we can crack 60K by the end of the year. That was Jamie from Increasing.com talking about his September earnings. We chatted with him a few months ago when he hit $32,000 in a single month. And he's he's a pretty young guy. He's in his 20s. So this is uh, pretty amazing. He's made a lot of progress really quickly. And his sites have been growing really well. As opposed to a lot of folks that are working on uh, mostly or purely informational sites, Jamie focuses on the affiliate side and affiliate reviews. So we dig into all those details, hear about what he's been up to, hear about what is uh, coming up soon, and several other things. We talk about you know just him being on the show previously as well. That's how we open up. Before I send it over to the show, I need a favor. I'll probably start asking for this more often. I realized after you know four hundred episodes, I usually don't mention, hey, can you give me a rating and review over on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen, but Apple Podcast is probably you know the most important area, or subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. I don't ask enough. I actually don't really ask that much at all. A lot of people do listen, but there's not as much organic growth as I would hope for. And I was chatting, uh, actually doing an interview recently with a friend who has a huge podcast, and his is, you know, just under two years old, has grown a ton, and he really emphasized how important it is to get those rating and reviews. So if you have a second, if you have a couple minutes, please leave a rating and review. It's like a personal favor to me. I'll probably, like I said, be asking. If you uh, have already done it, I really appreciate it. There's not a ton out there, so I've actually read like all of them. So I, I do appreciate it. I'll give uh, you know shout outs at the end of episodes and stuff like that, especially mailbag episodes. And if you have a show idea, feel free to send me an email, feedback at doug.show. And I, I put it on the list. A lot of times those questions or ideas will make it on the show as a mailbag or even their own individual episode or as a thread that I talk about with guests like Jamie or you know whoever I'm talking to that day. So anyway, please leave a rating and review. I don't ask too much and I haven't for a really long time, but I need your help. So I'll shut up. I'll send it to the interview with Jamie. Check out his stuff over at increasing.com and we'll link up to it. And he's been doing a couple other interviews around here. So you should be able to find those as well. And that's it for me. Let's hear from Jamie. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I'm talking to my buddy, Jamie from increasing.com. I talked to Jamie back a few months ago and he pulled in something like 32,000 in that month that we were recording, which is absolutely amazing. And revenue's up a pretty significant amount. So we'll we'll talk about that, get a little update to hear what's been going on with Jamie in general and hopefully get some great tips. So Jamie, how's it going today? I'm good. Thank you, Doug. Thank you for having me on again. Um, the first time I came on was like I just sort of plucked up the courage and got over the imposter syndrome of starting a Twitter account and putting out just stuff about SEO affiliate marketing. And so uh, the first appearance on, on on the Doug show was the sort of catalyst to like so many things that have been, I've been, met so many interesting people and learned so much from people that I wouldn't have been able to get in contact if the initial buzz from your, your show hadn't allowed me to meet those people. So I'm so grateful for the platform that you, you for your platform in the first place, to be honest. Thanks. That's aw- awesome to hear. Uh, you know, I'm just down here in the basement. Sometimes it's hard to 
remember that people actually listen to it. But yeah, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about, uh, I guess, any the people that you met or relationships or anything out of that? And of course, you know, if there's something that you can't mention or whatever, that's that's okay. But yeah, any interesting stories out of that? Some stuff I can't mention, um, but just generally being able, like just jumped on calls with people that, um, you know, for example, John Dykstra, who I bought the course of and had been a fan of what he'd been able to achieve. I uh, got an email from him saying, oh, I'm interested in, you know, in your Amazon strategy and stuff like that. And we ended up talking for an hour and a half. Of, he's obviously super, super knowledgeable on the outsourcing, like big scale stuff, making 100K a month. So, so here, you know, get direct insight from that is so valuable as well as a bunch of other people that i've been lucky enough to talk to that no way would i have been able to get in front of them or like they wouldn't have known about what i do without you know the platform that you provided so i've learned so much more because you know i always joked about having like the worst network ever but like you you know it might not be an hour of doing work if you're talking to someone but you make that back tenfold in the insight that you can then apply and become more productive and effective in so yeah so thank you very much for your uh cool for, for making people know who i am <laughs> you got it well you gotta you have a good story and you have a lot to offer so yeah it's no no surprise and i think yeah just really to emphasize that like the the network part part of it and i i have a similar experience where i made friends with um my podcast co-host carl jensen for for my other show and i've gone to a handful of events with him and just, you know, making friends with him. And he introduced me to a handful of other people and you get a warm introduction to, you know, other, other folks as part of a bigger network. And all of a sudden, like many doors open up that you didn't even know were there. And I mean, a lot of it, I mean, there's no, no, like certain opportunities that I'm like looking for that potentially that you're looking for, but you just have a common interest and, you know, maybe, it's just a, a friend or someone you could talk to about a certain thing. And we're so deep in the weeds on some of the stuff that we work on that we really can't talk to anyone else about it. They just don't get it. So pretty cool. And I'm glad to hear that on the, yeah. on, on the Twitter front. Um, I haven't, uh, you know, been spending any time over there. Every time I hop over, there's like weird news stories or something. And then I'm like, I got to get out of here. So how are you using Twitter? I mean, that seems like a lot of people are, kind of jumping back on Twitter, trying to, you know, build their accounts and all that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, um, I just posted some screenshots of like affiliate programs and it started going a lot more. And, um, I, I have a framework for writing intros called the spear framework. Um, and, um, niece site lady in the, in the, in the, in the, on Twitter, who has a lot of followers tweeted it out. I'm very grateful for that. She found that valuable and put that out. And so, a lot of people come to follow just for like, you know, writing tips, affiliate marketing and stuff. So I'm super grateful for that. But mostly it's like, I found that every time I try and write something like detailed and technical, it doesn't get that much engagement, but you put one big graph of like his 10 K and it's like ah, crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's visual and it's money. Uh, I think people like to live vicariously through graphs and, um, yeah, I'm here for that economy. Like, I'll I'll meet the meet the expectations for that. I'll yeah. hopefully help people as well because I want to help. You know, I like to be the person that I wish I had when I was starting out. Uh, that like help people with the common faults and issues and how to get you know past the initial uh, like frustrations with not getting too much traffic. But um, people sure. also love the grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to a conference and I went to, actually went to a talk on like 
working on a Twitter account and like the a couple frameworks that people would go through that have worked well. And yeah, I- images like they do really well. People like graphs, like you said, and it's it just is an easier way for people to like stop and they're like, oh, I'll take a look at the image instead of like reading, um, you know, a thread or something like that. So threads are great too, but I don't do anything on Twitter. So don't listen to me. Okay. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's shift Jamie. So what, what, what's the recent revenue over on your portfolio of sites? Sure. So in September it was $44,096. So hopefully we can crack 60 K by the end of the year. How how likely do you think that is? I thought it was unlikely that we hit September's numbers. Yeah. So like everything hit above expectations. So I don't know if we'll hold if we do 40 in October, like it'll be like a new leveling out, even though it is Q4. But I think yeah. that with how crazy it gets in Black Friday with the RPMs as well as like uh, you know, just general affiliate conversions, um, Amazon have put their rates up even though they only make like 15, 20% of our revenue. Right. Um, as well, like, you know, just the general Christmas Black Friday rush. Um, yeah, previous data from last year showed that we doubled income for the same number of page views. So if we do the same, then it will be above 60. But um, I'm, I'm, the new aim is to do 60,000 in both November and uh, December and then invest that for next year to try and continue growing. Got it. And yet yeah, with the numbers that you mentioned, like it's – well, it's mind boggling, number one. And then two, like a lot of times, yeah, November and December, like greatly exceed like whatever expectations you have until you've like run through a few years of it. And then you're like, oh, I guess it's hard to tell, like if you're on a growth trajectory, like did you get an extra lift from that or what's going on? But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by whatever whatever you tell me in January, I probably won't be surprised. I'm like, yeah, I, I can see, I can see that happening. So it's pretty cool. Congratulations. Um, for people that didn't listen to the first interview, we'll link up so they can check it out. But can you give us a brief overview on your portfolio, your general approach, and maybe just a little bit about your team too? So kind of broad, I'm just, just going to give you the floor here to talk about what you're working on. Sure. So at the moment, um, our top three or four sites make the lion's share, like 95% of the revenue. But then we operate some very like uh infant small new sites that are not not really doing much yet but we hope to to grow those in the future they're sort of like you know the the profitable ones fund the next generation if, in a sense so it's about 12 in total a few age domains most of them are on fresh domains we've also started to take advantage of how good and powerful age domains can be um so thank you to odis for being a marketplace for those and um so yeah, they, the, the, there's a few that have grown larger, mostly that we're trying to grow. Um, the portfolio gets around 300 to 350,000 page views per month in total, um, but we convert quite a high earning per user just because it's mostly affiliate rather than uh, you know just the RPM from display ads. And we're trying to do a lot more. I've been speaking to some masters of the funnel game uh, with the email lead gen affiliate offers and engaging people more through that so we're trying to do a lot more but for the moment it's just you know affiliate and display ads from from that sort of level but um that's about it yeah that's the page views and revenue okay and then what, what about your team so it sounds like you have uh, quite a few uh sites and a decent amount of content there must be a decent amount of work too 
sure. So we have a number of freelance writers that are paid just um, you know by the word for what they contribute. We have um, a freelance editor who works with us three days per week who does uh, editing and um, also does some keyword research and creating briefs as well. Uh, one full-timer who acts as a site operator on one of our sites. Um, so he has like a salary position as well as a small amount of equity in one of the sites, but it can go up as the value of the site goes up. So there's meant to be like a, you know, a, an incentive to grow the site. Um, uh, yeah, mostly then freelance writers. And we've taken on a VA recently who's done, helped so much with formatting stuff into WordPress. Um, you know, she's now understands how to use the reusable blocks that we use to split up too many just paragraphs of content to make it and uh, she's great at sourcing images and stuff like that um, so uh, that's the whole team at the moment but um, I've just literally mapped out the sort of six step process and how to fill in each modular gap that you'd apply to each site but uh, I mean I'm, I'm not sure if you want to go into that more but it's like how the team would expand sure let's talk about it go ahead but so to me there's six main steps and there's like the initial keyword research. There's the content brief creation. And the third step, which we don't do yet, but um, and credit to a new site lady for tweeting this out a few days ago. She has a VA that literally their job is to do eight hours research for one topic, just to collate everything that's out there, all the opinions, all the facts, all the research into one area. Uh, and then so the, the plan would be to hire someone to do super in-depth research as the third step, which then 3B would be the brief content brief creator has a look over this research and then makes any tweaks to the brief based on that new information that may have come to light after that. The fourth is then it gets sent to the writer. The writer should do their own supplemental research as well, um, especially if based on their subject matter knowledge, the the brief doesn't fully allow them to just to write it. Um, and five is editing. And then six is the formatting and publishing. But with how the recent Google update, especially in September, have made it so sort of like Reddit core and forums have made a bit of a resurgence. This, uh, we're going to build in a little bit of like the parasite stuff into that. We're trying to locate all of the Reddit threads, forums and stuff like that and making sure that we're in there as a sort of post-published checklist as well. So, so the third step is the one that we don't really do, which is the research. In, like, so at the moment, it's kind of the onus is on the, the writer to do most of the research, but obviously some research is in the brief naturally because uh, the brief follows the main headings and topics, which informs the content. Um, so that's how we're trying to augment that. So uh, when I say the original team that we had, is like, we're trying to build it around that six-step process. Okay. And with the content brief, like you said, there are, there is some research built into that. Do you know how much time you're putting into that content brief? Cause you mentioned eight hours for the deep research, uh, like role or step there. So yeah. What are you currently doing? To be honest, I don't think if we hired someone, it'd be eight hours. I think we'd do two a day for like a four hour ish or three and a half hour for a seven hour work day. I think we, I think there's this, like diminishing returns, depending on the topic, right? It might be such a deep topic, but I don't, I can't see how the, the second four hours would add huge amounts of value. Um, okay. But yeah, so for uh, we have a step-by-step -step checklist for the system to create a brief, which takes about 40 minutes. It's like nine steps, um, you know, from just Ahrefs searching to finding feature snippets and making sure that those are noted in advance so that they can write them in a specific way. So then checking for like new segments, if it's an affiliate piece on Answer the Public, um, because that can find segments that just don't turn up in other keyword data. There's also like low fruits that you can use to turn up other questions. Um, 
uh, and then going through, uh, going uh, putting the competitors' headings and scraping them so that you have a heading list in a Google Sheet that you can then use to inform um, the structure. Using the SEO minion topic to scrape people also asks if there's too many of them, like if there's more than like, you know, a few clicks in that can inform more FAQ research uh, to, to put those in, which also answer the public and identify good questions to supplement those. Um, uh, and if it's an affiliate piece, there's more than that because you've got to do product research and stuff like that as well. So, but yeah, generally for an informational piece, it takes about 40 minutes to do a brief as according to that nine step process. Got it. Okay. Interesting. And I want to jump back. So you talked about the team. How, how many people is it? Cause I, you described the roles, but I, I didn't uh, tally them up. So is it like, it's like nine people or something? I think nine or 10. Okay. Depend- Oh, yeah, we know we've just hired a couple new writers. I think it's around 10. 10. Okay. 10. So do you have any like sort of middle management or is it a flat structure where everyone reports to you? Um, so um, I do the editing for our main two sites and we have one full-time operator that works on one of the other sites. So they'll do the writing slash edit. Also me and that full-time will cover both those three sites. And um, we have a freelancer who used to work full-time with us, but Night now does cool other projects as well. So now she helps us still three days a week um, to do the editing for the smaller sites for the writers that we have. But um, it may be like, depending on, because we, we want to really like start scaling up the content on those smaller sites. So it's a matter of, um, we may need to reinforce that position or have someone else or ask if she can help you know, spend more time on that rather than keyword research and creating briefs. And then that may have some switching around involved. Okay. So, but generally in, you are sort of orchestrating like each, each person in some capacity kind of. Yeah. Like I'm the bottleneck. Like I am the problem in like this game. (laughs) um, We would, we like, we, we've become, we, we were losing money for a lot of the first you know, part of the year because we were spending like 15,000 pounds a month and we we're making like 10 to 12. And I was fine with that. So I was like, well, we're investing to try and build this. And now we make fairly significant profit, but we don't really have a system that can support spending the money that I'd like to reinvest because it wouldn't be spent properly because there's not a system for like quality control, editing, make sure it's good, um, handling and increasing content. So the next thing now is to build that system better so that we can invest more because right now it wouldn't work. Gotcha. Well, and that's, you know, one good point. So earlier in the year before we chatted, you, you were, you know, you were in the red, basically what gave you the confidence to lay out the money and pay for it before you knew returns were coming in? Well, I don't look at the income. I look at the asset value and, um, okay. You know, there's such a crazy return on investment on these things that it's a no brainer in my opinion still. And I'm not like, I don't live crazy and spend it all. So I, we can reinvest. I'd rather, sort of uh, take the delayed gratification of a big bag of money at the end of it, which, um, uh, yeah, I mentioned it in, in our last time we came on here, is I want to be able to have two million pounds in cash to be able to invest in a social project to try and help with the, the cause I'd like to contribute towards. Um, and you don't get to do that just based on being a one-man company and being a profitable one-man company because, it's, uh, I mean, unless you're far more talented than I am, you're not going to be able to, I can't build a company that's worth two million pounds on my own. I need support of talented people that help at the moment. And we may need even more to keep going to that next level. 
So um, it's never been an issue of like wanting to earn more money for myself. It's simply just thinking, okay, but if we make 10 grand more a month, that's worth $400,000 or whatever, a 48 multiple. So if I'm spending five, six grand a month more, it may well be that I get a 10, 12 times return on investment, which you can't get in any other capacity um, throughout the year. I also have faith in my abilities as a content manager to be able to do that and to identify the opportunities. And I was still fairly hands-on. Like there's a lot of people that own portfolios of sites that really I aren't too involved and I'd like to get to that stage. But I think the fact that I still am a bit of a micromanager has meant that we have like driven larger than average results throughout the year. Yep. Well, like like you brought up a good point earlier, you get about 350,000 page views a month. Is that what you said across all the sites? I think it was only like 310,000 last month. We went down a little bit or 300, but yeah, it's the the best, like a couple months ago or last month was like near 350, I think. Okay. Yeah. And when they, when people hear the revenue, so, you know, 40 plus thousand dollars in a month. And I mean, I know people that have, you know, pretty much, um, uh, I would say a 10th of the revenue and like a pretty good chunk of, uh, the traffic and it's, it's, uh, kind of mind boggling because there has been a bit of a resurgence, I think, for informational sites, primarily with display ads. And can, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, you said you were trying to get a bit more on the display ad side. Like, wh- why do you gravitate or why did you gravitate towards the affiliate review type websites and revenue model? I think it's relatively underserved, to be honest. I think everyone's trying to create info content and they're forgetting that the big money is in affiliate stuff. I think they've been scared by updates, but you just need to have faith that you are able to create and are willing to invest the time because it is more complex and there's more factors to consider rather than just writing a feature snippet or writing an article that says how to do this. Um, But there's far fewer good affiliate content writers out there than informational because it's more complex to outsource and because the standards are higher and because the inflation of standards are increasingly high and the decay is quicker, which means it requires more hands-on focused effort. So it's more like difficult and i get why people would want just the easy management version which is the majority informational stuff but as a result i think when people are talking about are shifting away from affiliates to ads i think the actual real play is the opposite and i think ads is far more saturated than affiliate right now i think it's swung back i think i still do want to do more ads though like i'm (laughs) trying to do more still (laughs) and i think um i think you're right i think it has like the info side has gotten a little bit more saturated because there's, I mean, I guess it depends on the ecosystem and who who's in your community. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people are just like, I'm very scared of Google updates. So let's talk about that. I mean, have you had any issues with the Google updates or I think there were like three in September. I mean, there's been a ton this year, right? Yeah, we, um, helpful content did nothing. Um, when the September core update was announced, we were up across all of our sites by about 15% which I was super happy with. And then a week into it, um, they announced the product review update and we were instantly back down to where we were. So it was like, oh, that was a fun week. <laughs> and then back to reality. So we're about even, maybe even like a slight bit down, but it's on my list this week, my to-do list to do a full like technical audit of our top two sites and figure out exactly what's changed. Cause my, it doesn't really look like we've lost that many rankings to be honest. It just looks like they're now populated with more video and forums and you know, whatever that's coming up and more other stuff. So if it's just a matter of 
I mean, it's more annoying, right? Because we're fighting a game that's like inflationary in nature and the same like rankings or whatever won't get you the same page views and it's going to get more and more difficult. But um, it's very much accelerated ideas that we've got to become multi-channel and get into the video game, get into the social media game and become more of a brand because I think up until recently I was playing in two dimensions. And I think to, you know, the first step at the moment is lead gen emails and the, the funnel was through that, that I've been like I've had some amazing calls with people that are just geniuses of the email stuff. Uh, another aspect is definitely video of how many queries are now being changed to serve, serve YouTube videos, you know, instead of content, which is causing a, that loss in traffic. Um, and then other social media, also like the parasite stuff of getting onto the forums that are ranking. Because if you're gonna like go on a page and four out of the ten things lead to me, then like I'm gonna do that. So we're gonna start building that into strategies more as well. But um, the updates around even but they very much altered our plans for the next six months gotcha and how how scared are you when you hear about an update coming coming through <laughs> i'm terrified absolutely yeah. terrified even though you know okay. uh, the team that uh, the, the joe who works always like oh we've got nothing to like worry about we we really do test this stuff it's like yeah but you can get caught in the crosshairs sometimes. I was neck and neck with our biggest site. We were neck and neck about a year and a half ago on Ahrefs. All three of us had about 40K organics. Now we're on, you know, 150 plus and both of those sites, and I never thought they had good content. They're both on about two to 5K and they were neck and neck. And those sites would have been worth maybe a quarter of a million dollars. So it can go, it can go. And in fact, one of those sites is owned by someone who's, very well known in the industry that I'm not going to name. They don't know that we compete with them, but um, they can get smited down like that. And so I, I always had faith because I was like, why are they outranking us? Our content's fundamentally better. The product is better. But Google never seemed to notice until it notices. And um, so my advice is because I'm terrified still, it's still fixated on trying to do this better and better. And even, you know, us who I think we like really do test the products and do more, emphasize quality more, invest more than a lot of competitors are still getting hit by these product review updates, or at least down back to what we were before the updates having risen in the core. Um, we're still getting caught up here, so I'm terrified. Um, and so all I can emphasize is focus on like the quality over quanti quantity. And um, I think everyone's in a rush to cover every keyword. And often, yeah, you might get more traffic quicker if you cover and publish twice as many pieces but i don't think it if you if you consider your site as like a surface area on a piece of paper and you you know you um you multiply together both the height and the length to get the like the entire area of your your curve of earnings i think you'll have the highest earnings and area over time if you do less because you'll still keep going rather than risk the big lockdown in the beginning so uh i'm terrified <laughs> yeah and you mentioned your run rate. Did you say, and maybe it was earlier in the year, uh, what, what are your expenses monthly? Still like 15,000 pounds. Okay. So 15,000. And then do you have like, let's say an algorithm update did hit you. Do you have like a war chest? How, how long could you sustain it? Um, let's, let's say your revenue, your revenue drops to let's say 10 K um, per month or so. So huge drop. Um, what, what would happen? What would you do? Yeah, we've got like 45,000 pounds in the bank now, just from the few recent months, but we've just agreed to spend like significantly into the five figures on getting like a proper custom WordPress theme that will be able to be used on all of our sites build. That's just an amazing design. And, you know, it costs money to 
apply that to an existing site because you have to adjust some of the reusable blocks and stuff like that as well. So it will cost like half of that probably in the end. But um, So we can go for four months or whatever after if we go to five grand loss per month. But we have a lot of variable costs, right, rather than fixed ones. So, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously we need AHRFs. And, um, um, but we have freelance writers that if we had to shed we would would it be gutting because they're so talented and i want to be able to make sure that they've got that like i pride myself on being like the most stable freelance employer yeah. to have because i always say like you know if you need more work we'll, we'll try and do that but so it'd be heartbreaking to like not be a reliable person anymore but we could if we had to do that to avoid like becoming out of business got it okay yeah i mean the the updates are crazy i mean like you said sometimes you get caught up and you know it shouldn't happen but sometimes it does. Um, now, kind of related, um, some people don't do any link building because they are afraid of updates. What kind of promotion or outreach do you do? Sure. So um, just to recap, the brief bit that we spoke about before is that we ended up talking about how we acquired a, a, a defunct e-commerce business that had high DR because it put out good content. And I kind of didn't really think that much about the DR when we bought it because I just wanted the 40,000 page views that they were getting per month. And we, you know, we still get around that. It's gone down a bit, even though we improved the content. So I think I'm just trash at SEO. <laughs> okay. um, but we got like, like 20 extra DR from that you know it has wikipedia links and insider and you know all them ones so a little good um so that was a sort of way of building dr very quickly um but up until very recently we didn't do any link building we just got natural links like recently we had a dr1 that we've just started that i just checked ahrefs and it was dr12 and i was like what's happened here turns out we had a link on a, a page that gets 26,000 traffic per month from a DR88 or something like on one of their big, well, I think it was the biggest page on their site, this random DR1 that we have. I was like, okay, we'll take that. Like that's wow. decent results. Um, but this month, really just this month, we've started like actually going out and being more aggressive and trying to do this stuff because I want to be able to hire someone to take that over. But I need to understand the process to be able to like SOP it to then outsource it. Um, so I'm trying to just get the first stuff out. So we're reaching out to trying to guest posts at the moment, um, as well as um, like we've mentioned businesses and stuff in past posts. So I'm kind of researching how we can outreach like all of those people that feature to see if we can sort of sneak a media partner link or something in there. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So it's uh, an area that you guys could grow in quite a bit. And from uh like, like you said you want to kind of understand the process before you want to build the team and all that stuff so from that standpoint do you know like what you want to do i mean obviously you've you've been in the industry just a, a little bit here so you kind of know that some different approaches that you may want to go after like what's on your agenda with regards to link building yeah we just i think i just want to keep it as safe as possible like i can't risk like I, there's no i don't save any money out of this there's i'm not you know really yeah. making my bank account rich off this if it goes this was for three years gone um so i don't want to do anything dodgy i don't want to do anything that can get me caught i just want to do like white hat high quality like and actually write really good guest posts that help people actually get traffic um to you know get links back or the occasional like if we find like a relevant thing to a topic we're in 
I'm happy to do like some sort of like niche edit stuff, but like keep it very, very brief. And for stuff that we know that we can get huge returns on if we're like fourth and we want to go top two or something that we know that we can price, you, you know, the from going from four to two is worth $400 a month. Okay, then we'll use our red lease insert on this type of thing just to make sure we don't get into dodgy ratios and stuff like that. I've also been looking up how, like for example, one site we've got has um, got some code on it just for like a random fix. So um, starting like a GitHub and then creating like a repo. It's obviously a nofollow link, but does you get like you know, nofollow DR96 links to the code that you've hosted that you can then you know do stuff with? So trying to like just give more like, beyond just like DR follow. It's more or less like how can we like build in a, the appearance of a real life brand that like mm-hmm. is impactful and real and is in like multiple areas like like occupying real estate. Got it. I'm jumping all around, but I wanted to ask you about the product testing that you may or may not do. You kind of alluded to like, Hey, we, we test out some stuff. Um, you're obviously doing like very in-depth, very thorough reviews. So how many of the products, like what percentage of the products do you actually test? So what we do when we go into a new area, uh, and this doesn't really count for our big sites because we just get sent everything for free now. But if we're going into a new area, this will so hopefully for anyone who's newer, this helps. Is what we do is we'll take all of the keywords that you want to write that are like the best buyer's guide type ones and we'll map them all out in advance and scrape every single heading that is on all of the top competing pages for those keywords. There might be 50. Um, all the long tails, you know. So beyond like best microphone, you get best microphone for podcasting, best microphone for gaming, whatever else. Um, and we'll see which products co-occur the most. So it might be that one, you know, the blue snowball is the appears on every single long tail one because it's a good microphone for everything. And so people put it in as a safe bet. So it may be just one out of a hundred products, but it encompasses 7% of the total surface area of the actual total rankings. And if you can find four or five products there that encompass 25, 30% of the entire niche's surface area, you only have to buy a small percentage of the actual products to be able to have real life product testing for a large portion of that review of every review um, and you can recycle the real images and stuff across the sites but you should still tweak each product description for each thing for example you wouldn't just write a generic microphone one for podcasting you'd focus on how um, the voice comes through well in you know whatever podcast software you use and makes it good for you know mention podcast marketing strategy uh, which you then wouldn't do for gaming. You talk about how easy it is for people to pick up your communications with zero delay so that you can communicate strategy in real time, whatever it is. Um, so yes, you do. I don't recommend you programmatically do all the content, but you can recycle a lot of the images and product reviews themselves. You can then take a look at what products have high volume for the actual single product review, as well as any versus keywords, alternatives and stuff like that. to so then supplement your list whilst appearing to have done the lion's share of your site as a product review thing you've actually tested much less it's also a case of like you know the phrase like you know i don't have to outrun you Uh, i don't have to outrun the bear i just have to outrun you like you only have to test more than your competitors product review sort of guidelines seem to be a site-wide thing and you can get like tanked all you want but if your competitors are seen as worse then like right that's fine i've never heard that uh approach but that makes Total sense. I'll I'll add something. I think it's brilliant, Jamie, by the way. That's very smart. 
um, specific example, like the microphone that I'm talking into now, like you can buy these, like you can buy most things on eBay. So like I typically buy like used gear. I mean, people use these in their studio. They're not going to like fucking drop them on the ground and kick them around or anything. Like they're in good shape most of the time. So like all the mics that I've gotten, they're like, you know, 30, 40% off. Sounds like you got a, a guest in there. We'll, We'll Sorry, I'm in the office block at the moment. These people are doing sales calls, sales calls around. No, no worries. So move the microphone to the other side. Okay, yeah, maybe that'll help. So it sounds like a little little whisper, but um, yeah, it's you're you're running a business. It's the real deal. It's no problem. So <laughs> so yeah, yeah. People, I mean, you can like buy whatever it is that you're reviewing probably on eBay for much cheaper if you just get it used, and then potentially, I mean, you could just. If you don't need it, you could sell it again and then probably not, not lose anything. So, and you, I mean, all the, all these mics that I got, they came in a, like in the box, like they looked like they were brand new, they're open box typically. So anyway, very cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about potentially getting into video. Is that like close on the horizon or is that further out for you? Yeah, we've got a strategy in place. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of the reasons I wouldn't say this, if anything could go wrong. Um, and I can't think of any right now. So I feel like I can share it, even though it's hypothetical. I also don't like being like, I'm going to do this because talk is so cheap and actions are much more expensive. And so like, I, I like like doing stuff and then talking. Yeah, but I will talk about hypotheticals now and then you can all hate me on Twitter if I actually do it. <laughs> uh, so this is an accountability partner thing right now. Yeah. Um, so the plan is, and it's not realistic to do it in this office because it's too small. Um, is to rent a workshop to set up a proper film set uh, and have, you know, a really cool background that features, uh, you know, all the microphones are for a microphone tester that we can move in. And for each of our niches, we have like a set of, you know, stuff that we can use to build a, a background that people engage with and find personable. And then hire sort of heads of content for each of the sites, which we've been meaning to do for a while, that act as not only, you know, quality checkers, if they're editing stuff, they might do that a bit. We'd have to, I'm, I'm fine with someone who knows less about SEO and just is more like a big fan and knowledgeable about the, the actual like, niche. Um, but is also willing to go on camera and be the face of the brand and create cool content about the niche. So if we could find a couple of people like that, I guess what you, not sure if we can stretch and afford a video record on editing is super easy to outsource it's just the recording i guess we'd have to find the ways to record that and then to try and build maybe have a, a social media person as well as on the list as well that can then chop it all up and to make sure that it goes on all the other platforms so that's the plan at the moment is to try and set up a little studio and workshop um but it's going to be expensive and it might not be able to be done in london i've been looking at places in manchester because it's still like a city and it's still a great place to live but it's a lot cheaper so it's still exploratory, but it is my intention because, like, you know, I can leave it as is and gradually or even maintain growth slightly or even decay slightly as video becomes more everywhere. And brands who are DR90 try and get more money by going to increasingly low volume best yeah. keywords until it eventually becomes just a sea of billionaires fighting for the same things. <laughs> or I can try and get, I, I want to be two years ahead of everyone else perennially. Um, yeah. And I don't think I, even if we launched this today, it would be two years ahead because we've slacked a bit on going to the next level, which is, you know, the video, the TikToks, the crit, you know, and players are like, you know, there's this new tech coming that's going to make video easier for everyone. Like, is so it released Flickify recently, which turns your stuff instantly into videos like this. It's going to become easier and easier. 
So everyone's going to be on it, but it doesn't change the fact that those videos are good, but they're not great engaging things. They are rehashes of the content read out by an AI. Um, but we want to make something that really engages people. And you need real life people who are actually experts and who are like your target audience mirrored back at you. So we want to, like, we want to build like eight figure brands. I mean, this is the way we've got to go. We can't go and like, if we want to be ambitious, I can't just sit in the office and slack people and be like, hi, how's the, you know, work going or whatever. It's got to be real life big moves. And that's, it's more anxiety provoking, it's more risky. It's, you know, it's nice to sit back and I could pay myself a nice salary, but I think it is, if I, it's the, it's the worth going for, I think. Very cool. You know, I was going to say, you know, setting up a studio can be super expensive, but I think, you know, just looking at like what I have around here, it is, it's enough to get by. I have like more than I need, but I mean, I think you can do it for like 2000 bucks, something like that. Like, really? yeah. I, I mean, I think, I mean, you'd have to get, you know, the, your specific room set up properly, but like, yeah, just camera, keep it minimal. I mean, you could, you know, it's a lot of stuff's modular, so you could add to it as you get momentum or find a need for like another different lens or whatever. But like, yeah, a lot of it is, can be like economic if you keep it fairly bare bones, like the light, light kits, like they're pretty cheap. What I have, you can get nicer ones and they're still not that expensive. So, um, but producing the videos, well, that, <laughs> that's pretty tough, but you'll already have all the research behind it, which will be really helpful, but it is tough to, if someone can create videos, like they're probably very expensive or they're doing it for themselves. So yeah, it could be tough. I haven't fully figured it out. It's going to be expensive because it's more like staff, but I think that it's the play. Like you can either be like 90% profit margin to make five grand or you can be 30% and try and make a hundred. Yeah. 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 It'll be uh, interesting to keep an eye on that. So, okay. And let's see, what else should we move over to? Um, you mentioned age domains a little bit. Can you, uh, any progress on any of those sites or what's, what's new with that? So, um, with like we we literally as you as we speak um some of the info stuff is getting turned into like provable stuff to then outsource um so that will be the stuff that goes up first like in the past i've been like a big proponent of just doing like the most competition stuff first because like uh, with how like difficult it is and how old urls typically need to be to be able to get on the first page the really competitive affiliate stuff like i may as well start serving my time in prison now but I've changed the sort of like with with this stuff, like this is not going to be an eight figure brand in my opinion. This is more of like a, all right, this isn't like something I know well. I'm just going to run it up and see if we can make a quick mid six figures based on like stuff that we've done before in a shoulder niche to this one. So this particular one, I just want to run it up quickly. It's an age domain. So we know that we can get trash and we've got all of the benefit of all the, the links. Uh, it's the same. The one I'm talking about now is the same one that we discussed in brief uh, last time. So um, I've been a bit lazy on it, to be honest. I'm, like, I, I failed to sort of appreciate how powerful this particular domain was. And now I know that it like if I started just on the, like a, a few months ago that we spoke, I know it'd be cracking a grand a month now already. But it's my fault for focusing on other stuff, which might have been like, you know, short time profitable. Maybe we'd only, we wouldn't have done 44 last night if I focus on this one, but I just know that this is going to be a easily profitable project and it's going to start indexing and ranking straight away. Cool. 
Yeah, that's another one excited to hear about. It's fun to see these, um, you know, age domains really pop up. Like when people are confident enough to throw a big amount of content, a big chunk of money at it, it's, it's pretty cool to see them just shoot right up so much faster. Yeah, there's uh, and like, it makes sense as well, because like, if I, if I buy a restaurant from someone, like I deserve to have the reputation benefits over someone who starts one from scratch. It doesn't like, it makes sense. Like if, even if the restaurant closes down, it's still got, still means a lot emotionally to a lot of people just as websites do. And they have that, you know, intrinsic benefit. So I, I don't think that age domains are going to, if they do become, I, I, I can't see them stopping to have the advantage because there are so many legitimate reasons why someone would acquire a business in that same way as you would a brick and mortar business. And I think uh, it just makes sense. I think like they're actually pretty like underpriced relative to how powerful they can be, to be honest. Yep. And yeah, shout out again to Otis. We'll link up to them. And let's see, any other broad sort of topic areas before I hit just some random higher level questions? Anything I forgot to ask you or that you want to talk about? Mostly it's just, honestly, it's, it's less fun, like, you know, if we marketing 10 grand this and whatever that is mostly like at this point, just SOPs and trying to get structure sorted, which I've never had a proper job before. So I'm so out of the loop on like if I'd worked as a consultant for a couple of years at KPMG or something and learn how these things are done, I feel like I'd be so much better at this, but like being like three years out of university and trying to like do real business stuff that I have no idea how it works. I'm very much learning from the outside in. So it's a lot slower progress and I'm definitely more disorganized than I'd like to be. And um, definitely prone to micromanagement as a result of not knowing how to like, stay out of it basically so yeah um not nothing too crazy and exciting it's mostly just trying to build documents the scale to be honest and learning from that um which isn't necessarily that website related but more sort of just i think of these like businesses because they are but it just turned into more like business stuff yep jim you're doing a great job so i'm sure it feels stressful but like you're uh <laughs> it seems like you're doing okay so it's a, it's a problem to overcome. I love the complexity. I, I'm not upset that I don't understand it. It's yeah. like a, it's a fun challenge, but obviously I'd love to have just known it all from the beginning. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, how old are you? 25? Is that right? 26? 25. Yeah. 25. So now I have to like do the math. I'm like 18 years older than you. I'm, I'm 43. And I, I did my 10 years in consulting and project management, which is like the exact thing that like, if you had, and I, I wasn't even that good at it, man. Like I, I just knew enough to get by. And uh, you, have you heard of this quiet quitting uh, phenomenon? Have you heard of this? I've seen it, but I don't understand it fully. I've seen the the, the phrase about on social media. Yeah. And I think, you know what? I, I've only seen it too. I actually haven't done too much research, but basically people like phone it in and kind of do a shitty job at work. They like just do the bare minimum. And um, that's what I did. So it was before, it was before they, they called it that, but after a while it was like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, just kind of do my own shit. And, uh, cause I realized that they're the, the companies were just like trying to get you to do a little bit more. They're like, we'll give you a raise later. 
and then like here do all this extra work and if you do a good job we'll promote you in like three years so i was like this is this is not working out like i i wasn't like a top performer or anything like that Uh, to my point like so i have like this background of like management and building teams and training and the sops and like just constant continuous improvement right so it's cool to see you like thinking about it and you're like having to struggle through it in real time with your own assets, which is cool, but the stakes are much higher. I was like playing with other people's, you know, $10 million projects or whatever and like big teams. So like the consequences were very small for me, but I got to learn all these cool things. So that it's like a interesting trade-off, but you have these assets that are like, you know, huge and they have the potential to grow like even bigger. Um, and you're like you're learning it on the way, so it's it's pretty fun. So that's right. I think you're playing down your your knowledge on this. I read a, a post of yours on I think it was the Empire Flippers site that like informed a lot of what we do now. So I think that you're underselling oh, your project management skills. Um, on if we teamed up, we'd take over. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, one one other thing is you as you get older. Um, you just have less energy. So I'm just like, ah, I'm not as motivated, but you're hungry. And I, I like that. And you're like, I want to learn this stuff. And I'm like, I want to go um, take a nap, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I want to be, I want to grow these size. Oh, like I see the empire, that's where I am. Epic gardening model. And what I think has been achieved there is incredible. I want to grow a bunch of epic gardenings. It's very cool. So, you know, thinking about the position that you're in, and I mean, you you segued into this perfectly. Are you doing anything to like improve your management and leadership skills? Are you taking courses? Do you have coaching or like, what, what are you doing? No, I spend a lot of time reflecting on how like I can improve on what like how I like in the FaceTime that I have to either become more effective in the same amount of FaceTime or to be more effective with more FaceTime. Um, and so I see, I can, I'm trying to like be able to spot weak spots, which probably would be accelerated if I did have someone to come in and tell me those things. But it's mostly just like trying to like, I think a lot of problems have been caused by like me six months ago, like not being assertive enough and like stopping like, issues before they became like i think everyone's issues are just like things that could have been stopped that now become more and more difficult difficult to deal with because the initial thing wasn't like stopped mm-hmm. so i think it's an assertive thing in terms of leadership stuff that i can prove in um i'm definitely like and people have heard these interviews and will know that i can't actually like get to the point i can't be succinct and like directly like i think the best communicators are the army style people that can just distill something down to like four words but it's like get this done now or you know whatever it is rather than like i like to give people the context to understand and spend a thousand words explaining why we do stuff which is still key but it wanders around rather than like doing that um so communication brevity is is another thing um i'm also just a bit like i like i flutter between different projects i'll do like an hour on eight things instead of being i can't focus enough on on certain things i've never been able to do i've never like i'll have i read like 12 books at once and i can't just stick through one thing so another thing is just trying to get more organized into stuff which is the biggest thing because like while we're trying to get these documents and sops to be better um like it's just being built too slow because I, I need to just stop thinking about like 10 other things and just do a couple of things really well, which I'm learning more and more. Like every single super successful 
person that I, I, I'm around, not I'm around, I don't speak to like, uh, like, a, like, like that I like read their blog posts or I see their interviews. They are so good at filtering out what isn't immensely valuable. And I'm always thinking, like, I guess it's the display ads thing versus like, you know, I'm, I'd like to have display ads or whatever on the site because it's easy and it gets you a little bit extra. Whereas the real crushes like the Miles Becklers and Matt Giovannisi's are the ones who are foregoing that and then creating a powerful funnel that does like 10 times more. And so like, it's, I, I like to just have like all these like things that help and maximize every single avenue, but actually like filtering out and sacrificing some of those avenues, I think could be much more profitable and valuable and like, but it requires more deep work and active focus, which is another thing that like I need to learn. So I'm trying yeah. to learn. It's a lot of ones, but I'm still happy where it's got to in three years. I didn't plan for any of this to happen. So I'm super grateful, but I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to maximize learning and still improve from there. Even if I am like content. Yeah. Very good. This is awesome. Well, I think that that's really uh, all the major questions. I'm curious um, ballpark. How many hours a week do you work? Not 90. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like I said, you just have more energy. I mean, as a young, as a young person, we would, uh, or when I was doing the consulting, we would, you know, work whatever 12 hour days and go party and drink cause we were traveling and nice. get like three hours of sleep and then go do it again. It was insane. I have no clue. Now I go to bed at like, I was in bed at eight last night. I read for a little while, but I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very different. And I, I think it's cool, uh, what you're doing. I, uh, I'm so impressed. Well, where can people find you, Jamie? Sure. I just want to preface this. I don't recommend or want to give the vibe of that not following the decision matrix of prioritization and deprioritization of elements regarding career, health, wealth, family, whatever is the best option. Nor do I want to give people the, the impression that this isn't like a toxic road to embark down. It's simply the path that I have currently prioritized. And I don't think there's nothing wrong. And in fact, I, I think it's better and healthier that most people, when they start side projects and stuff, that they like to, you know, get job replacement income by doing, having more leisure, more fun and more fulfillment. Um, I'm simply just not wired that way and I want to keep it going, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with just all just working a nine to five, enjoying yourself and prioritizing your leisure and your family and your friends. Um, so I don't want to get like misrepresent what I'm trying to do because, um, I don't think it's better. I don't think, I don't want there to be any condescension. I think it, like, I, if I didn't have this element in my brain, I wouldn't do it, but I do, but I don't think it's the right play. It's simply the one that I'm doing. Um, so. I just want to make sure that people understand that it is like, no, you don't have to do and push yourself or like make any sacrifices that you don't want to do in your life. And you only get to do your life once. So do things you should, you want to do. Um, but that's, that's just what I want to make clear. Um, for finding me, I'm on Twitter, Jamie underscore I F J A M I E. Uh, and increasing.com is where we blog about stuff, income reports. Um, we recently published a, a really long, like 2,500 word article on, 
how to write intros with the Spear framework, um, and exactly how you can sell and get expertise and solve people's pain points, how to write intros with the same sort of thing, um, as well as a few other ones that are coming on elements that I want to talk about more in the future, like dynamic spec relativity and how different specs weigh more in people's minds and how to therefore convert better and a few other things. Um, and we also have an email list if you want to subscribe to that. Sometimes when I'm trying to work out if something, if people actually care enough to write on it, I'll put a little thing in an email and find out, you know, if that actually engages people. So if you find anything that I say interesting and you want to come on the journey, then that would be, uh, I'd be super grateful for that. Awesome. Jamie, thanks again for joining us. We'll link up so people can get to that stuff easily. And yeah, looking forward to catching up with you probably a couple months and see what's going on. Perfect. Yeah, I really appreciate us talking and again for, um, uh, the help uh, even before we spoke on all your podcasts and the thing and the content that I consumed of yours in the past and uh, yeah it's great to, to speak to you and talk to you and learn from you uh, from your expertise as well and I hope the listeners found this educational and useful thanks man thanks again to Jamie always good to catch up and he has a ton of energy he's doing so much work and it's really impressive I well I think back at what I was like when I was 25, 26, and I was a fucking moron. So he's doing a great job out there. And I, I think, you know, I had that corporate job, so I was just belly aching and slowly starting my quiet quitting process. And I think I did the quiet quitting thing for like, not every project, but uh, a lot of them. I was just a bad employee or something like that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, thanks to Jamie, he's awesome. Check out his blog over at increasing.com. If you have a minute and you do enjoy the show, and well, you probably do if you're still listening all the way here at the tail end of the interview. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review somewhere. Tell your friends about it. Spread the word about the show. I really do appreciate it. And yeah, you can sign up for the email list too. I send out you know, two to three emails per week, typically, sometimes one, usually not more than three, though, almost never more than three. I'll let you know about shows that are coming up. I have been writing a little bit more and uh, recently actually got some pretty good feedback. I may do a show on the topic of consistency. And I got several emails back and it was just something that, you know, I heard, I heard someone on a podcast talking about working on something for like the long term, making something sustainable versus like working really hard for a short period of time. And I'll put more context around it because I think I will record an episode about consistency and sustainability of, you know, a habit or a system or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And yeah, tons of responses. So I appreciate it. And the point is you can sign up for the email list. It's over at nichesiteproject.com if you're not already on it. And like I said, typically it's just a, a few emails. I point you out or point out new content, new interviews that I'm doing, things that I'm thinking about. I ask questions sometimes uh, for you know show ideas or uh, just things that I want some inputs on like um, before too long, I may ask uh, for people to send in screenshots and just some information if they've been hit by an algorithm update, especially if they've recovered later. So I have a little, you know, a little seed of an idea around that too. So anyway, I'm just rambling on at this point. So I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Have a good day out there and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.